Hello, it is me once again. This is Ride Along 3. Um, so this is again another episode I'm doing by myself. And it is again about Israel-Palestine conflict. And I see a lot of people, a lot of conservative types, will talk about... Um, They'll talk about why Muslim nations won't take in the Palestinians. Like, if things are so bad in Gaza, and if these Muslim countries cared so much about the Palestinians, and they feel like the treatment of Israel is uh, very bad to the Palestinians, why won't these Muslim nations bring in the Palestinians? So... There's a couple different arguments you can make here, but I think the first one, the most obvious one, is the Palestinian. I think a lot of the Palestinians do not want to leave their land. I think this is true for most human beings. Um, we're creatures of habit. A lot of times, the land you grow up on is the land you stay um, and why and in their eyes and why in anyone's eyes why do they have to leave their land and you know like you know why why would they I mean it's clear their Palestinians are fighting an uphill battle I mean for years years I think the last time, other nations got involved militarily to try to help the Palestinians was back in, like, the 70s, I believe. And ever since then, I mean, they've been pouting or doing other diplomatic ways to make their stance against Israel, but there hasn't been real uh, military effort in a conventional way to support the Palestinians. Um, so why would the Palestinians not just give up and leave? Go to a different Muslim country where they would most certainly be treated better. But I think a lot of people need to understand is that the this is, the in the Palestinians' mind, this is their land. This was taken from them. And... I think a lot of times it's really hard for Americans because we're so... It's so different here. Like, you know, like your parents probably have a different profession than what you have. And your grandparents probably have a different profession than your parents and what you have, what your career choices are. I think it's very normal nowadays... In American society, where you, the the next generation does not take up the same like business or career path as their parents, and a lot of times this is pushed by parents for the kids, like say their kids to go to college, get a degree, and get a better career than uh, they had. This is very normal. This is, it maybe even comes 
in package with the American dream, right? And, but in Palestine, you know, these opportunities weren't, even before, weren't as affordable. And these people, when you ask them, like, who you are, you know, when someone asks you, like, who are you, what, do you, what are you, like, you know, you can say, like, oh, I'm, like, for me, I'm a welder, um, I'm from southern Illinois, but I never really say, like, oh, I'm German, uh, with English, with French, you know, I don't really say that stuff about me, and, like, my family has been, I don't know, butchers for generations, where that type of of mentality is very present or at least was very present in Palestine with Palestinians like they would be like I my family's farmers we farm we've been farming on this land for generations or uh, whatever pick your career path these people know who they are and they could tell you for a long lineage like what their family did what their family name is and their family itself has been on that land for a very long time. Like, probably longer than before the rise of the Ottoman Empire. They have been there. And just passed down from generation to generation. And so, that would probably be the number one reason in my mind why, at least for the Palestinians don't want to give up. This is their land. But there is a couple of political reasons why these other countries do not want uh, like mass migration into their land. And it's almost for the same, a lot of reasons, at the same times, it's for the same reasons why uh uh, Americans, a lot of Americans, especially conservative types, don't want mass immigration into their own country. Now, we might, like, you know, look at this Muslim world, and a lot of times I think this happens where we look at these countries and we're like, oh, they're just a bunch of Muslims. But that's not how the people in that land think of it. It's the same way with, like, you know, you can say we're a, like, we're a Christian nation, and we're a predominantly Christian religion, well, so is, uh, so is, uh, Mexico. So why should Americans have a problem with bringing more Christians in, into America? But if you just look at it on the surface like that, then, yeah, I was like, well, why, why does it matter? The Christians are coming in, we're a Christian nation, what's the difference? When there's a huge difference. And everyone knows, most Americans know, even the liberal types will admit there's a cultural difference between Mexico and Americans. And it's the same type of concept of why they don't want to bring people of different culture and probably maybe different sects of the religion into their land. And Egypt and Jordan over the years have brought in multiple uh, Palestinian immigrants to their land. And another political reason is I think in a lot of ways 
and I would say based on the Abraham Accords, that these governments that are in power in these countries were perfectly fine with the status quo of what was going on in Gaza and Israel. And the reason I say that is it's a very, um, like these, like, yeah, they always, they voice, they say, like, they, they're just talking, right? Like, they always say, like, we condemn Israel's actions, but they don't ever, like, actually do anything. And I think maybe one of the, one of the reasons might be is because America pays, like, these governments get paid a lot of money from America. And they get weapons from America. And if Egypt or Jordan bring in more immigrants from Palestine into their country, then now they have a much higher population of these Palestinians or people that came from Palestine uh, one or two generations ago. Now there's a lot more... I would say, popular or democratic pressure on these countries to do something about what's going on in Gaza. And people might say that Jordan or Egypt, uh, like Jordan has a king, uh, I, I think Egypt, uh, but they, I know they have some sort of dictator type, which could be a king, but doesn't really matter. They have some sort of authoritarian uh, dictator type government and they don't have to listen to their people. But that's not true even if you know, say America had a king. There would still be democratic pressure the American people can put on our king. And what I mean by that is, if there is overwhelming support for something that the king is just blatantly ignoring, this puts a king or a dictator type in a very dangerous position. Because if there is, like, most revolutions in history that overthrow the current regime or current government, it doesn't take a much it can be a very small minority uh, with elite backing or just, uh, you know, they could just be very smart tactically and they could turn the tide, gain popular support and overthrow the regime of their government. It's very, uh, it's not un unheard of in history at all. So the more Palestinians that these countries bring in, the more political pressure they put on themselves to get off the government dime and to actually react, uh, at least with something. You know, they can send all the humanitarian aid and condemn Israel all they want, but, I mean, if there's enough pressure, I mean, these guys don't want to lose their position. And if there's enough political pressure, then they will act. Just out of out of pure uh, selfishness, because they want to keep, they want to stay in power. So if there's enough political pressure pressure uh, from the from the people, I mean these these kings or dictators will react 
And, I mean, it's hard to not respond and not get frightened by the people when they're so, you know, dead set on, like, some action needs to be taken. So I think those political reasons is a major contributing factor of why they don't want to take in the Palestinians. And also, you could look at it like, you know, Egypt or, you know, like, I don't know, take any, if for whatever reason, you know, like Mexico and, I don't know, Cuba go to war. You know, you don't, like, demand other nations to take in their immigrants. Like, that doesn't make sense. It's the, and it doesn't make sense at all. You would demand, like, some sort of ceasefire and come to a negotiation. That is the most rational. So the people of those countries can stay there and figure out what they need to figure out. But it's just irrational for like you just to expect a bunch of people that are native to a land to just get up and move when and another country to just embrace them with open arms that changes things drastically for a country and can turn things on its head but what i see happening is these is a lot of western nations will take in these Muslim refugees, which has already been happening in uh, predominantly Europe, but has also been happening in America as well. And I think it's just it's just quite ironic that Israel can cleanse the native population of this land, and it's the West that has to take in the refugees. And, like, just think about it on its surface. The West is backing Israel. Israel is cleansing these people of their land. These people are now coming to the West where they're probably going to be very frustrated and pissed off and have resentment toward the West and Western countries for supporting Israel for cleansing more people from their land. So it's like, what what do we gain from being allied with Israel in this? We have to take on their migrants, that they're the migrants that are from their war. We have to fund their war. And we are now isolating ourselves from Muslim nations and other countries. And it just doesn't seem like we're getting a lot from this deal here with Israel. Like, we don't gain hardly anything out of it. It's actually putting our country at risk because of uh, Israel and this is this is this has happened 
for years now. You know, like, a lot of terrorist attacks that happened in Europe were Muslim people that their families were originated from, like, somewhere in the Middle East. But these people are European citizens. Like, Germans. I mean, they're called Germans, but their name's like Muhammad. And you're like, what? But they're German citizens. And there's similar situations that happen here in America as well. Where, like, these people are considered American citizens, but they react violently to a situation that's happening back home to their on on their homeland original like because something happened in like to their family or their friends or their or their old village or town or city or whatever and so it's like we get screwed six ways from sunday and sunday because of what israel is continuing to do in the middle east and america of course this doesn't uh, like Israel's not the only country doing this, but a lot of you know what we've been doing in these other nations has either been for Israel or with Israel all along. So our whole meddling in the Middle East, our unwavering support for Israel, is causing a lot of problems. And you see, it just frustrates me. You see all these conservatives that the position is we have to have unrelenting support for Israel or be upset that these Muslims are here in America protesting against what our government's doing. You know, like, uh, what's her name? Il- Ilham Omar. You know, if you don't know, I think she's from, she's a congresswoman from Michigan, I don't know, maybe Minnesota, I don't know. But she's somewhere up there. And for a lot of Americans, I think for, like, people in my family, it is weird to see, like, a Muslim woman being represented in our government. Now, uh, I know that, like, the left, or we're supposed to just accept diversity, and it's, like, not supposed to matter what religion or race someone is, but, like, let's be honest here, that stuff matters. Like, that stuff legit matters. Because, you know, she represents a different culture that is not aligned with traditional American culture. And her being here is a result of destabilization in the Middle East. And now, so, in a lot of ways... You can look at that as, like, the American, what what her interest might be could be very different from what regular 
Americans here want. And I don't think it's uh, out of the norm to be like, this is just weird. Like, we're this multicultural nation, but we just don't, like, but clearly that's not working. Because we live in a democratic society. So now we have to pander to what every group wants. And it just, it's unfeasible this way. And I don't think it's crazy to point that stuff out. But, you know, just, it's like, just being completely, like, raged, pissed off that there's all these immigrants in our nation that don't, you know, look like us or represent us and our culture and our values here, well, like, you kind of have to, like, look in the mirror and be like, okay, well, we just, the last 30 years, we launched a complete campaign into the Middle East, completely destabilizing all of these nations, forcing other nations to have to take on immigrants and forcing us to take on immigrants. It's like the border restrictions and immigration has been loosening for my entire life. But also the expansion of wars that the America has involved in has also been expanding my entire life. And it's like well what do you expect? Like, what is this? Like, what are we doing? We can't be bombing the world while also taking in everyone from the world. Like, it's just asking for some major destabilization. And, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is exactly now but there probably needs to be some tightening at the border but also we have to stop destabilizing the Middle East the Middle East you know can will stabilize under itself and if they want to go at war with each other over religion, territory whatever it is then so be it and our unwavering support for Israel causes Israel to react in ways that a normal country would not. They are a much smaller nation. Armed to the teeth, have a much more uh, advanced defensive system than any nation there. And they act in they act exactly like how American foreign policy has been the last 30 years. Where we're the big guys on top and we can just do whatever we want because no one can hurt us. Right? Like this uh, you know the you know all through the 90s we're backing Islamic 
extremist groups against multiple different nations. Kosovo was a big one. And Al-Qaeda was one of them. And at the same time we're backing them, we are being attacked by Al-Qaeda. Like, I think a lot of Americans don't know this, but 9-11 in September 2001 was not the first time Al-Qaeda attacked us. It was the biggest one. That's for sure. But it was not the first one. You know, we have this, like, empire mentality where it's like these guys are just a couple, like, thugs with guns. Like, what are they, they going to blow up a bus? Like, oh, well. Blow up an embassy? Oh, well. Blow up one of our Navy ships? Oh, well. Like, it can't really hurt us. You know, terrorism is the price we pay for global dominance. And then it bit us in the ass one day. And that same mentality is how Israel thinks. You know, Netanyahu, the leader of Israel, is, he has a famous quote, and I might paraphrase it because I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something along the lines of this 2019, he's talking to his Likud party, and he says to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state, we must support bolstering Hamas and funding them with money. And he says very arrogantly that he controls the height of the flame. Now this is the same imperialistic, world-dominant mentality America has. Where... We can fund these groups, and but we control what they do and how much damage they can do. And then it bit us in the ass on 9-11, and then for Israel, they bolstered Hamas. It bit them in the ass on October 7th. Now... Why would Israel have this type of mentality, though, where they can just absolutely level Gaza without any fear of the reaction from the Muslim world, who has all all condemned them? And some of them have been a lot more aggressive in their speeches and like like one that's been very interesting has been Turkey and Turkey has been er- Erdogan or er- Erdogan the leader of Turkey has openly said that he will send Turkish troops to the shores of Gaza Like, Turkish troops will be in Gaza. 
Now, I mean, Turkey's in NATO. That really throws things off. But you would think Turkey, as far as I know, is the biggest military in the Middle East, Has uh, can raise an army a lot bigger or close to than and in the United States and have been spending a lot of time in advanced weaponry. Like, this is a nation that Israel should fear just by the strength and dominance of their military. But they don't. They don't fear any of these threats. They're acting like they have nothing to fear. And this throws off uh, geopolitics in the entire region. That this little country who might be dominant to it can be dominant to invasions from its neighbors. But the entire region? Well, why does this little country think it can do that? And the main reason is is because it has the full support of the United States. The global dominant military of the world. And, you know, like, in a lot of ways, I'm not sure if these Muslim nations will get involved. In a lot of ways, I hope they don't. But, you know, there could be enough political pressure in these countries. And it could be out of, uh, they, you know, they want to see themselves as a hero or... Or they might just want to push Israel out of their land and then maybe dominate it with soft power or hard power in their own right. So, you know, like, America might not be the global dominant power that we keep acting like we are. I mean, notice how Ukraine is slowly fading away in the background. And it seems like there's already been news reports that U.S. diplomats are trying to push Ukrainian officials to talk to Putin about a ceasefire or a peace negotiation. And it seems like in a lot of ways that Russia is going to get a very good deal out of this. Like they're probably going to get like 20 to maybe 30 percent of the territory of Ukraine, that they dominated, that they took in the war, which, you know, back in the beginning, if there was some sort of peace agreement, it probably wouldn't have been as much. So is America, you know, are we really as dominant as we say we are, or do other nations now have an ability to push back against America? And do other nations in the Middle East see this failure in Ukraine? And do they take action now? You know, I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend to know that what other nations and their leaders are thinking. But if you're not, it seems like that we're not taking that into consideration. That, you know, and Israel seems to have full faith that whatever happens to them, America will get involved. 
And that arrogance of them is going to can put us in danger. And whatever you think if if it's right or wrong of what Israel is doing, it doesn't really matter in the end. Because they need to wake up to the political, the geopolitical reality of the situation. Is it right what Hamas did? I think everyone knows the answer to that. But is it right that Israel can collectively punish the people of Gaza for what happened to them? I think that is obvious as well. I don't think that Israel can, can just continue going down this path without severe repercussions for their actions. And since we're so tied to Israel, there could be severe repercussions to America. And that's what I'm mainly worried about. You know, like, we're so divided. And there's so much political uncertainty. Like, if we have to go to war with, let's just say, Iran. We would, we could probably win. We could probably push Iran back. But it would completely fuck up. Like, they, what if they just fire a missile at Saudi Arabia's oil refineries? How much will gas be then? You know? What if they just... And do you think that, like, the manpower we have now would not be successful? Or, or do you think... I mean, do you think that they have enough manpower in the military to do this? They've been drawing back the military for years. If we had to go to a full-fledged war with Iran, and we've seen those recruiting numbers, there's a very strong possibility there would be a draft. How many Americans right now want to go fight a war for Joe freaking Biden? Let's just say that there would be just 25% of people refuse the draft. Right? What happens then? You know, there's a lot of things that could escalate quickly in the, over this situation. And it can be very damning to America. And it's all because of our unwavering alliance with Israel and just allowing them to do whatever they want. You know, we're, if we are this dominant force, then why can't we tell Israel to chill? I mean, we fund them. We're about to give them more money. That's the first thing the Speaker of the House said. The first thing he's going to do is help our friends in Israel. Like, right away. Our allegiance to Israel puts America in danger. And it shouldn't be that way. Well, that's all that I have for today. 
I've gotten a lot of positive feedback for these little episodes. So uh, I think I will definitely continue to do it. Thank you guys for the positive support. And, uh, yeah, definitely, oh yeah, definitely, I'm going to reiterate this, but definitely check out our podcast, 5 to Midnight. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I think on the last episode, we had a really weird argument with, well, I wouldn't say argument, but Adam Nutter, who, like, takes jujitsu, Adam Nutter's a comedian, he takes jujitsu classes, and he's been doing it for a while, I think he said three years or something like that. So he's pretty, he's decently skilled at it. And he thought he could beat, in a hand-to-hand combat only, no weapons, like pretty much every person from a, or any military ever, in a hand-to-hand combat. Spartans, like, ancient, any ancient warriors that are known for being, like, tough or badass like he thought he thinks he could be any of them in hand-to-hand combat because of how skilled like advanced jujitsu is and which i think we came to conclusion that he might be right but it was a pretty fun thing to debate about it was really funny too you guys should check it out but that's all i got thanks for listening until next time